Welcome to Pop Pantheon, the podcast where we completely overanalyze the music, legacy, and cultural impact of all your favorite pop stars. I'm your host, DJ Louis XIV, and I'm a DJ, writer, and all-around pop music fanatic. I've spent my entire life and career thinking about, dissecting, and being obsessed with pop stars. Their music, their legacies, how they relate to one another, to the larger pop musical landscape, and to culture more broadly. What separates an icon from a mere superstar? Why do some careers become the soundtrack to our lives, and why do others flop? Whose work and legacy transcends time, and whose feels stuck in it? Every episode of Pop Pantheon, we'll devote an entire episode to a pop icon. From titans of the genre like Beyonce and all the way down to uh, lesser titans like Nicole Scherzinger. Each episode, you'll hear a little breakdown from me and then some distinguished guests and I will chop it up about their careers, discographies, public personas, live performances, music videos, feuds, tweets, you name it. And at the end, we'll turn pop into fantasy football, make our final judgment and place them in the official pop pantheon. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Pantheon, now with new and improved audio. Yes, I have finally graduated to a big boy microphone. Maybe I'm the only one who's going to notice the difference, but let me tell you, that is good enough for me. I'm so glad you guys are back for another episode. I'm going to keep my remarks brief up top here, which are just to say, first, a question, which is, I'm wondering, would you guys like to hop into a Discord with me at some point over the next couple of weeks and make that a thing with every episode? Like, would it be fun for us to all talk on Discord about the week's episode and to have a conversation? I thought that that could be fun. That was suggested to me. Um, And I'd love if you let me know if that's something you guys would do. If that's something you want to do, hit me up in my DMs, um, either on Pop Pantheon Pod on Instagram or at DJ L-O-U-I-E-X-I-V on Instagram or Twitter. And let me know and we can all Discord. I think that sounds kind of fun. Um, I also wanted to say that the Pop Pantheon party, which I brought up a few episodes ago, is still in the works in L.A. and also potentially in New York. So if you guys are in either of those cities, uh, keep an eye out and an ear out. I will be giving more details on those soon. I cannot wait to do that. It's going to be so much fun. So again, following on social media will be the outlet for the announcements of those kind of things. And I will obviously bring them up on the podcast as well. As always... If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider rating it and reviewing it. It really, really helps me get the podcast up in the ratings. If you're new to the podcast, please check out the mini-sode. What exactly is the Pop Pantheon if you want to understand what the fuck I'm talking about on this podcast? Um, Although you don't need to. I know people think I sound like a broken record. You will totally enjoy listening to the podcast, whether or not you listen to that. But if you want some context on what Pop Pantheon is, it's mini-sode what exactly is the pop pantheon on this feed so with all of that said guys here's a great episode about a very important current pop star in the landscape the queen herself miss cardi b Even refer to Cardi B as a pop star feels a little limiting on almost every front imaginable. Of course, as the preeminent female rapper of the day, she is not traditionally pop, although her music over the last half a decade or so is far and away some of the most popular in the world. 
But also, the inescapability of her hit since her breakthrough smash Bodak Yellow in 2017 feels like just one small part in the all-encompassing, ever-expanding Cardi B project. One where having the most number one singles ever by a female rapper feels like just another mere stepping stone to a vast pop-cultural takeover that could potentially be limitless. Cardi B first gained attention as an irreverent, body, utterly hilarious social media star on the now-defunct app Vine, may she rest in peace, and later on Instagram, where she gained a formidable following with her off-the-cuff-seeming and yet perfectly comedically timed pearls of wisdom about men, sex, money, politics, life, and really just about anything else that happened across her mind. In 2015, Cardi parlayed her social media success into a role on the VH1 reality series Love & Hip Hop, which began her somewhat improbable crossover to music superstardom. After a series of increasingly successful and impressive mixtapes, Cardi broke through in a major way in summer 2017 on the out-of-nowhere number one smash Bodak Yellow a sparse, menacing, uproarious, almost freestyle trap song that perfectly synthesized into musical form everything that made Cardi B's social media and reality TV presence so captivating and so after the surprise success of Bodak Yellow and her increasingly high-profile relationship with Migos star Offset, Cardi followed a run of successful features on songs like Migos' Motorsport, g Easy's No Limit, and Bruno Mars' Finesse with her debut album 2018's Invasion of Privacy. There, Cardi once again stunned the world with the sheer breadth of her talent and charm, along with her certified hit-making ability. The album was met with critical acclaim and featured a panoply of diverse hits like Be Careful, Bardier Cardi, Ring, and the Smash I Like It, which made Cardi the first female rapper in history to achieve two number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100. Privacy went on to win Best Rap Album at the Grammys, making Cardi the first female rapper ever to win that award, as well as the first female rap album in 15 years to be nominated for the illustrious Album of the Year Grammy. The tabloid fixation on her on-again, off-again relationship with Offset, her endlessly endearing social media presence, a steady stream of features on massive songs by Maroon 5 and DJ Snake and Ed Sheeran, along with her own run of one-off hits like Money and her two latest number ones, 2021's Up and Summer 2020's iconic Megan Thee Stallion collaboration, WAP, have kept Cardi omnipresent in both popular music and culture without even having released a sophomore album. Yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. Beat it up, nigga, catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I wanna ride. I do a giggle, what is inside? Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This pussy is wet, come take a dive. Time me up. Invasion of Privacy has been certified triple platinum by the RIAA, making it the highest selling album of the last decade by a female rapper. 
Cardi has had five number one singles on the Hot 100, which is by far the most ever by a female rapper, and she is also the only female rapper to have number one songs in two separate decades. She is the highest selling female rapper of all time on the RIAA's digital singles ranking, and is also the highest streamed female rapper on Spotify. She's won a Grammy Award, eight Billboard Music Awards, five Guinness World Records, five American Music Awards, 11 BET Hip Hop Awards, and two ASCAP Songwriter of the Year Awards. In 2018, Time Magazine included her on their annual list of the 100 most influential people in the world, and in 2020, Billboard honored her as Woman of the Year. On Pop Pantheon today to discuss the unlikely superstardom of one Miss Cardi B is literally the woman who wrote the book on female rappers, Clover Hope. Clover's book, The Mother Load, 100 Plus Females Who Made Hip Hop, is essential reading. And she and I really got to dig into the history of the relationship between female rappers and pop stardom throughout the last 40 years, Cardi's place in that lineage, and why she is such an exciting new paradigm for both rap stardom and for pop stardom. So here's our conversation. Okay, so I'm here with Clover Hope, writer and author of the fabulous new book, the mother load, a hundred plus women who made hip hop. Clover, welcome to Pop Pantheon. Thank you so much for having me. So I guess like one of the first questions I want to pose to you is something I've asked when we've covered rappers before on this podcast, because I think the history of sort of rap as it relates to pop music is obviously loaded with a lot of subtext. So I guess my first question for you is, do you consider Cardi B in the year of our Lord 2021 to be a pop star? Absolutely. Cardi B is a pop star within the realm of rap. She's hit milestones. And within the realm of pop, she's hit milestones and she's made rap songs, like they pop so much that they turn number one and clearly has the bag of hits on the charts. I think anything she puts out is going to be consumed by a large audience. Right. But that hasn't always been the case for female rappers, like historically, right? Like if we go back to kind of the, like, let's say the late 80s boom of female rappers and then sort of the mid 90s boom of female rappers, what was the relationship between artists, let's say like MC Light or artists like Lil' Kim or artists like Missy Elliott to pop? Like, would you have considered them to be pop stars? So we have this boom in the 80s. That's when we can begin to start seeing like the female rap stars, like the Roxanne Shante, um, mm. who's considered the first rap star um, uh, who's like a woman. Well, my name is Roxanne. I don't say no. I just a cold rock a party and I do this show. I said I met these three guys and you know it's true. Uh, let me tell you and explain them all to you. I met this dude with the name of a hat. I didn't even walk away. I didn't give him no rap. But then he got real mad and he got a little tired. And... You know, from there, I think we can start the pop, the rap pop conversation about women. And so from there, it's kind of, you know, it starts to sail. Mm. I would put Salt and Pepper in the pop lane. Um, mm. You know, they were making songs in the 80s, like Push It was huge. This was a time when rap was bubbling really out of the boroughs that it started in, like the Bronx and Brooklyn, and started getting attention outside of those circles. So that's when we start seeing the women being able to kind of like 
ease into the pop lane. And I would put right. actually Salt and Pepper at the top of that. Right, because they were such they were huge, like mainstream number one hit makers who right. were clearly delineated as rappers also. And if you think about the requirements of pop, they fit into a lot of that in terms of dancing. Like they had choreo and they Mm. had style and looks and they weren't just rapping. They were like putting on a show. Some of the other women during that period weren't necessarily, you know, like Queen Latifah wasn't kind of doing a dance routine. Salt and Peppa was able to kind of, because they had a a bit of that, like, you know, the pop package of the showmanship. Then easing into the 90s. Yes, like Missy Elliott, I would definitely consider pop and then that period also late 90s was when rap actually like literally you could say that that was the time they became pop it became pop officially like 1998 was the year that rap exceeded country music for the first time in terms of like sales and that was like the whole puffy like all these rap songs that were like at the top of the charts and missy was part of that do you think like these mid-90s female rap stars like a missy like a little kim are sort of more easy for audiences to code as pop maybe than their male counterparts because they're more willing to sort of do the ultra sort of costuming that a pop star would do. They're more open to doing choreo. I mean, now we have rappers that are sort of more into, like, that. that we're in such a different phase with that now, I feel like. But at least in the mid-90s, like, a lot of the sort of tropes of hip-hop for especially for men we're very much like we don't dance you know we're you know we have this very like distinctive look it's it's about being sort of real whereas pop was about being manufactured and like sort of like overly uh, like these kind of like overblown campy aesthetics but like right. women like little kim and missy elliott were obviously much more willing and much more like it was much more acceptable because they were females to sort of adopt something that felt more related to traditional pop stardom is that is that a correct mm-hmm. read it's easier for people to kind of like categorize them in that space for in the pop space for that reason that they can they have this spectacle about them missies the kims and there was also this um even just visually men weren't they didn't have to kind of like put on these really super stylish outfits they could literally just wear jeans and like a t-shirt and become a pop star in a way it's also a thing of like the music world having this fuzzy definition of the rap that qualifies as pop over the years i think what billboard or kind of like what some of these kind of like mainstream places deem as pop music sometimes does not incorporate what is actually pop like rihanna being considered more r&b than pop you know when she's a pop star clearly so i think some of that was happening maybe also that maybe makes it a little that complicates things happening Mm -hmm. in the 90s so i guess the other thing that i wanted to sort of set up for people is that there's kind of this wave of female rappers with missy with kim with foxy in the late mid to late 90s early 2000s and then there's sort of like a real recession of female rappers, I think both in hip hop space and obviously in pop as well. What is that about? Like why in sort of the mid 2000s do we see Little Kim's career sort of fall apart? Missy disappears from releasing new music. Is that all a function of the fact that like, obviously we know Little Kim went to prison. 
you know, Missy Elliott, I think we know now had some health issues that went on. Like, is that just Mm -hmm. a function of these sort of pillars of the genre sort of coincidentally finding like their careers on ice at that point? Or is there something broader that happens in pop music that doesn't allow space for female rappers to really emerge from like, let's say 2003 to the, to Nikki's big break in, in like the late, you know, in 2009, 2010. Right. There was this whole sort of drought period, this infamous period where there weren't women at the top of the charts and uh, women rappers like at the top of the charts. Right. And I've been thinking about this. And um, I mean, there are a few things I think it can be attributed to. I do think that one of the recent things I thought about was just like the post Snapster era affecting music labels and this transition into streaming being the main mode of you know, like listening to and discovering music. And that period of adjustment, I think really affected women in a way if labels that maybe previously had like a budget to just like throw around and now they're making less money because of the shift into digital music. Maybe they're like prioritizing certain artists over others and then you, they end up kind of just really signing male rappers because they because patriarchy. Of course. <laughs> and then this there was also this myth about women kind of costing more because right. of the costumes and like beauty and glam and all that. Now we kind of see like there's guys now wearing, you know, thousands of dollars in right. um, like couture <laughs> and they are finding a way to <laughs> do that. So I think, you know, there were kind of these myths around what it took to sign and then like uh, promote a, a female rapper at that time. And maybe the labels felt like it wasn't worth it or they they had artists on their label, like, for example, Lady Luck on Def Jam in the like late 90s that they didn't know what to do with them. So I think it was like some like forces like that and then combination of that and their personal lives. Yeah, like I'm I'm just thinking about, I mean, even in that sort of late 90s boom, it's just that hip hop has traditionally been seen and I think that this is being rewritten now in a very exciting way, but has traditionally always been seen as a very masculine genre. So even when an artist like Little Kim or even during that wave, there was still this feeling like they had to fight so hard to just get through and to be recognized and to be respected in that space. And part of me wonders if, unlike in, in traditional pop where like female artists are the more of the centerpiece of the genre in like traditional pop music, within hip hop, it's just been a long, long, long struggle for women to gain the respect and gain the centrism to the genre that they are sort of finally achieving, I feel like, just in the last few years, more or less. So the person that breaks this spell, this dry spell for female rappers is Nicki Minaj, who obviously has emerged as possibly like the most successful female rapper of all time. And what is it about Nicki Minaj emerging in the late 2000s into the early 2010s? How does she break the dry spell? Yes, Nikki came around, interestingly, during this transition period into the digital music era from mixtapes. You know, like the mixtape breeding ground was huge mid to late 2000s, where you got like your 50 cents who came out of the mixtape world. And right. Nikki was part of that. Like her first big entry point into rap was through the mixtape circuit more so, um, and then signing to Lil Wayne's record label. I just came out of the motherfucking old school. Got my Mac notebook with the pro toes. That bitches ain't ready for Nikki Lowinsky. Bad wolf, wolf, flyer than a frisbee. And so she's kind of 
of the remnants of that period where she has kind of an imprint of this old world where women have to come in through a crew, you know, like right. it's like her cosign. Right. And, you know, she's coming in through this male-dominated space of mixtapes, which is like how people get put on, how the artists would get into the industry anyway. But right. then she takes a turn and embraces more of her pop persona, which is her personalities and like her kind of um, <laughs> her colorful costumes mm. and she like consciously, I think, made this effort to broaden her expression to where she could really be a hybrid artist that we have never seen on this level. <laughs> you know, right. like she's the you know making pop songs, straight up pop songs as a rapper. One is for the boys with the booming system, top town AC with the coolest system. When he come up in the club, he be blazing up, got stacks on deck like he's saving up. And he ill, he real, he might got a deal. He pop bottles and he got the right kind of bill. He cold, he dope, he might sell coke. He always in the air, but he never fly coke. She a motherfucking drip. And then making like super like street records also. And I think she was able to just really get into that space because she was willing to kind of, I think, bend herself toward pop and to not only kind of have the material, but the look. A true businesswoman in that sense. Like she was really like, she had a vision for what she wanted to execute. And even in the face, I think of a lot of criticism about it, like the, the, the more the hip hop world that she had emerged from really was not cool with her pop side as much right i mean that was like a real tension in her early career early on there was some pushback on her kind of singing too much doing too much pop making starships it's like oh can you please (laughs) yeah just like get back to rapping but what's great is that she kind of really was steadfast for the most part and kept to her vision which was like i don't have to choose between these two worlds there's a way that i can meld them in a way and produce something that really hits a lot of corners of the world and she wouldn't have been able to do that i think at that time if she didn't have the costumes and this like real again spectacle that made her stand out in that way yeah, you know, it's two, there's two interesting things that you're making me think about that I think are germane to Cardi's emergence, which are, there was something about Nikki where it was like her business acumen was on the surface. Like, it was less yes. about like needing to prove herself as like, I'm a real rapper. We are, She is, and obviously she's one of the greatest rappers that's ever existed. I think that was almost like obvious to people, but I think she wasn't afraid to sort of be like ambitious as a businesswoman. Um, and have that be very on the surface in a way that I think was sort of revolutionary at that moment. Like that she yeah. she was very overtly like, I'm making these two kinds of music. I remember her at the time talking about how she wanted to appeal to all of these audiences. And that was like part of her stated mission, which I felt like sort of verbalizing that was kind of revolutionary at that time, in a sense. She wanted to really capture like a big audience. So... Let's go back and talk about Cardi. So Cardi first emerges as an Instagram star. I mean, we know she was a stripper. What is the origin story of Cardi as a social media entertainer, essentially? Before she ever spits a bar. (laughs) Right. She was taking advantage of Vine, which was huge. The six-second video app pre-TikTok. And I first learned about her through her Vine videos and And then kind of like through Instagram, I think she transitioned. So mid-2010, she's putting out these funny clips, basically. She's just being herself. She's being funny and authentic and talking about wanting money and just giving him tools of advice about men. And um, (laughs) in this way, that's very 
easily adapted to the internet because it's just like sound bites. She's really just giving us kind of like her personality and sound bites. I definitely could tell that these bitches, especially these niggas under these comments, they ain't had a daddy in your life. Yeah, I could tell your mama raised ya. Y'all spent too many time in the salon because y'all talk a lot of shit like a bitch do. Now, anyways, I'm gonna go get me some McDonald's breakfast. I know a lot of bitches that don't care much to get their ass in now. I personally really don't enjoy it, but we just like to get our ass in now to brag about it. Like, you know, just in case a nigga try players, we be like, yeah, well, he still ate my ass, though, so. Mm. People be talking like strippers don't be working hard and shit, like if that's just some easy job. But your bitch can't even walk a whole entire block with heels on. And we be fucking doing splits, somersaults for hours in them shits. For hours. Truth, if I was president, I wouldn't legalize marijuana because it would be sold more locally. And if you sold it more locally, that means there's less drug dealers. And that will bring droughts to the strip clubs and on bottle sales. And that's easily digestible. And you also get to like get a sense of who she is through that method. And I would say in comparison to Nikki, I don't think that was an effort. <laughs> like, I don't think that was kind of like a strategy or like a blueprint. Like, I'm going to... Right. Kind of, she wasn't Machiavellian uh, about it. It was just being herself. Yes. Yeah, she wasn't even, I think at that point, like she wasn't like, I'm going to be a rap star. Like, you know, rap was something that she kind of like stepped into uh, realizing it could make her money. So, right. you know, it's uh, and it's so interesting that her vision was like, I want to use this platform of rap to make money and like, right. and like just be funny and like to... As like a brand uh, extension. As like one right, amongst yes. many brand extensions. So right. what is it What is it about Cardi? What would you say, if you had to describe what makes her so uniquely charming and funny, what is her personality? Like, why do people gravitate to her in those early social media days? Like, I, I knew you were talking about what she's talking about, but what is it about her personality that's so uniquely charming? I think it's a combination of humor and self-awareness mm. and the ability to package that in a way that feels genuine. So I think it's, it's I mean, she's just funny. <laughs> like she could do, <laughs> I've always said she should do like a stand-up special. Oh, for sure. Because she has timing, she has like the delivery and she has also the, the audacity and like the kind of fearlessness that you need to like be funny in that space. Sometimes it gets her in trouble. She's body. You know? <laughs> she's not afraid to say like controversial things. It's funny because she's just willing to like be herself. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny that that is like a risk in this mm. industry. It's like, you can't say that or the video she would put out, like, you know, she was very raw and I got my... My titties done or something like that. Yeah, right. My... I don't give a fuck. If y'all motherfuckers see me gone in November, December, I'm getting my tits done. I don't give a fuck. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to call it surgery. I'm just going to say a titty renovation because I got to renovate these shits. It's just like <laughs> it wasn't stuff that people would just kind of say. So just having that kind of boldness, it, it's important. I, that was very important to kind of like building her brand. Yeah. And, you know, it's fascinating because it was a risk, but yet it is now, as we look back in 2021, it is now standard issue that you need to be as authentic, raw and honest as a pop star, as a rap star. It doesn't matter what you're doing. That authenticity, I feel like she just tapped into something that the that the social media world had made ripe for pop stars that did it, it was kind of the opposite of how things used to be it used to be that you wanted your pop stars to be like Beyonce you wanted them to be these untouchable goddesses Cardi B is you know glamorous and all of the things that we like about 
you know, pop stardom traditionally. But I do think she hit on this thing during this social media era that is now like been is so it was so influential and also so prescient of like way the way pop stardom functions now, which is like we want our pop stars in 2021 in the last five years, they have to come across as completely authentic, accessible people that we can relate to, people that we feel like are our friends almost in a certain way. And I feel like that was so integral to like what made her popular on social media was like people, it felt like you were hanging out with like your sort of like super hilarious, charming friend who wasn't afraid to like tell you like as you were saying like that she got her boobs done or talk about sex in a really open way, like things like that. And also... To sort of like, as we'll see later in her career, very openly share like, hey, I'm learning to rap. I'm like, I'm having other people teach me to rap. Like that was completely like revolutionary in hip hop for an artist. I feel like to just openly be like, people are helping me learn how to rap. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yes. And she worked with like Party Fontaine, which is, you know, like she was pretty open about you are watching me learn these skills in real time. And become a superstar in real time. In the process. Yes. It's a fascinating, I think, reorientation of authenticity, too, because I feel like authenticity is a huge aspect of hip hop culture. But authenticity used to be in this very distinct set of things where it was like really rooted around I write my own shit. That was realness. That was like what authenticity meant in hip hop traditionally and cardi kind of like flips that notion on its head is like authenticity is actually (laughs) me completely being honest about the fact that like i'm working with i'm ready like she almost like it single-handedly throws that whole notion in the trash can right it's changing the kind of like metric of authenticity and by her also being like accessible there's that combination of things you know creates this new kind of like paradigm to the point where now people (laughs) think like pop stars like manufacture authenticity or like now they kind of want to appear authentic and it's like "Eh." also like not everyone's authentic self is as absolutely like delightful and enticing as cardi b's personality is you know right not everyone can actually like pull off authenticity yeah exactly (laughs) yeah so what is cardi's journey with rap so how does it begin and like what's going on with her rap music in the in its earliest gestational form right i think people were kind of like not expecting much from her in the first place because yeah. she was like i'm just trying this thing out she's just very right. like, casual about it and um, such a kind of goofball right I and mean, she's putting yeah. out her mixtapes where she's kind of like you can see her you can hear her stumbling a bit it's almost like watching a baby kind of like <laughs> learn to walk <laughs> Rain down on that bitch twice and you're like you know okay i see kind of she's trying to do this thing and it's also i mean it's common for tv stars to kind of like try to transition to music so i think people right it's important to note that she was also on the show love and hip-hop that was sort of the midpoint between her emergence as a social media star and then her sort of like establishing herself as an artist right and most of the cast members on love and hip-hop they have tried to kind of make that transition into rap credibly and cardi is definitely the most successful example of 
someone who's come out of reality TV and actually created like a music career. Right. And so she kind of transitions from that to like putting out mixtapes. The nerve of you bitches, like, oh my God, I got no words for you bitches. Like, who really serving you bitches? I need some answers, I'm worried for bitches. Like, this really absurd. No wonder these niggas stay curving you bitches. Don't even take no more selfies that weave. Don't even deserve any pictures. Like, where did you buy that shit? Who really acknowledge it? What made you feel like that you would be lit if you wouldn't cop that shit? They told you it looked good? Wasn't you iffy? Oh, I know. They told you that you get two bundles for 50. So she had a couple of kind of, you know, oh, this is... Like, this is cute. This is, <laughs> this is like... Is that what you, you know, thought like, when you heard it? This is cute? I think I was just like, oh, she can rap. Like, she can rap. And she's, this is like, she can make a song. Right. And so... Like, she has the natural sort of just, like, intuitive ability to rap. Even if right, she, her yeah. skills aren't quite, like, up to par at that point. Is there a song mm-hmm. from, like, the mixtape era where you sort of feel like the Cardi B music project like started to come together. Like, is there a pre-Bodak Yellow song that we can reference that's sort of like, oh, like she's really improving and like this is moving in a direction that like seems actually more promising than we could have ever imagined? So yeah, I would say Lick was probably the precursor to Bodak Yellow came out early 2017. Look at me, look at me. Look at they ain't like me before, now they booking me. Look at me. The glow up got bitches so shook me. Then a chef Cardi B, what you cooking, B? I swear bitches got me on some new shit. I swear niggas got me feeling ruthless. Too much motherfuckers undoubted me. That's why I had to just prove it. I remember walking in the stores. I couldn't buy nothing. They look at me stank. Nah, I just walk in the stores. I like it, I cop it, I don't even think. Sellers asking for info, cause now my deposits on Kimbo. Kimbo. So that bitch, give me my money. Why the fuck do I spend all this sin? Her ability to kind of like translate the personality and like the humor and the the persona onto a record. I mean, that was like critical to her success because she had already built this fan base based off of that. Like she had already kind of like gotten her popularity based off how she was. So it's like, let me now transfer it onto like something that can blow up. So with that, in mind, we have the song Bodak Yellow. I know Cardi's on record saying that she didn't even realize that Bodak Yellow was going to be the song that sort of clicked for her. And right. it is kind of surprising because Bodak Yellow is, you know, a, a, a sort of like spin on a Kodak Black song. I got Prada on my whole ass. Got my lab one man. Pop a nigga like a damn tag. Shopping on the ass. I just bought him. As I said, it's like for if you go back to other pop. Uh, 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 female rappers that have these pop crossover moments, you think about super bass. You think about 212. You think about fancy. You think about these songs by these female rappers in those last 10 years that are very obviously taking them and putting them in a much more poppy context than some of their other material is. It's an obvious, like, we're making a song that's going to break you in a mainstream pop context. Bodak Yellow is not that kind of song. I mean, Bodak Yellow has almost a freestyle vibe to it. Now she say she gon' do what a who? Let's find out and see. Cardi B, you know where I'm at. You know where I be. You in the club just to party. I'm there. I get paid a fee. I be in and out them bench so much. I know they tired of me. Honestly, don't give a fuck about who in front of me. Drop two mixtapes in six months. What bitch working as hard as me? I don't bother with these hoes. Don't let these hoes bother me. They see pictures, they say ghosts. Bitch, I'm who they trying to be. 
Why does Bodak Yellow break her through? Is there something special or particular about that song? Is it the song that sort of crystallizes her social media or her ability to synthesize her social media personality on record? Or what is it about that song that just sort of like brings the whole Cardi B musical project to like full fruition? I think it's her ability to synthesize it all, which is her personality, the rap skills, like she's rapping. And also in the rap world at large, we were kind of seeing this shift where, you know, there are phases or kind of like eras, movements within rap. It's like this up and down wave. Right. Like in 2017, 2018, right around when Bodak Yellow was coming out and started to bubble into the number one hit that it eventually became, happened to be an era where hip hop was becoming so centralized in pop music that artists, rappers didn't need to make sort of poppy crossover hits to hit number one. They literally, their more directly rap records were just crossing over and through streaming becoming organic hits by themselves. And I'm thinking about Race, Remmerd's, uh Black Beatles, and of course Migos's Bad and Bougie feels like a huge inflection point in that that sort of helps set the stage for Bonnet Yellow. Give you a bad and bougie, bad. Cooking up dope with a Uzi. My niggas are savage, ruthless. We got thudders and hundred rounds too. Yeah. Right, and so like the ground was almost ripe for a song like Bodak Yellow that felt so sort of like not particularly poppy necessarily to just have an organic grand swell to number one. Yeah, and I think it's specifically a lane for a woman to do it. And I think she just hit right on that. Like she merged into that lane perfectly and filled that space. And it's so funny. I mean, the thing about Bodak yeah. Yellow is like it is and threatening. <laughs> threatening, menacing, but in a very, like she says, like, because she is so fucking funny as a human being. Like even some of the ways that we were talking about in her finds, how upfront she is about like, Hi, I got a boob job. Hi, I did this. I think I always think about the get a bag and fix my teeth. Hope you hoes know it ain't cheap. Got a bag and fix my teeth. Hope you hoes know it ain't cheap. It was really right. like taking what made her so appealing on social media and just like completely putting it into this context of a rap song it was just an ingenious moment in that way everything you loved about her on social media but now it's also like a fucking catchy ass anthem <laughs> like yeah i think in a way yeah she kind of like cemented her status as a game shifter through that song putting everything all the ingredients of the stew into this song. You've watched me become a social media star. Here's my personality. You've watched me kind of like learn how to rap. Like here's me rapping. And it wasn't done like calculatingly. That helped also where it just kind of was an organic build of right. a song. It's, it, it played on that authenticity narrative. Like the yeah. fact that Bodak Yellow, even though Cardi had been building as this celebrity for many years at that point the fact that bodak yellow felt almost like a fluke was so fundamental to like why we love cardi it was like yet another moment where it was right. like she wasn't trying too hard like that was just the sort of interesting when we just going back to the nikki discussion you always felt like when nikki was making songs like check it out with will i am or she was making your love these kind of more overt attempts to like be a crossover success you could always feel that calculation happening and that's nikki nikki is a very constructed persona whereas cardi her whole appeal is as we were sort of setting up earlier is this sort of just like off the cuff here's me authentic mm -hmm. and that may be constructed too to a certain degree we know that like the appearance of authenticity doesn't always mean the genuine pure authenticity but i do think that's such an important key to bodak yellow's success and if it had come more prepackaged, it would have run counter to like what we were loving about cardi to begin with the fact that it felt like a fluke was like perfect in some sense you mm -hmm. know what i mean 
and yeah, I, and such a function of the social media era where a fluke can happen like that. Right, exactly. And what I love about that period of Nikki and Cardi is that it allowed for women to then like branch out and like be able to kind of have these different personas because of their success. It's like, oh, maybe I can do more than what this one little kind of stereotype of a female MC is. Maybe I can kind of like wear this crazy costume or Doja Cat can like just be like, yeah, I can make this crazy video. Like it just really opened things up. And I also like that they are different artists and just having them be successful at the same universe is really important to women in rap having Uh, sustainability like you get different things and what you get from like a Carly Rae Jepsen who I love is like (sighs) constructed glossy happy Mm -hmm. and Billie Eilish is like something else and it's but they can be in the same universe and um, the fact that we can have now women in rap who can be pop at the same time Right. People can all just like pop at the same time is like really critical and yeah. Really like interesting. Yeah. And I think, and as you were sort of saying, between streaming, between social media, I think there's less, uh, and, and with this sort of continued focus on authenticity, which runs both through hip hop and pop contemporarily, like right. there is more of a capacity for a fluke song. Like you don't need the uh, workshopped record label focus grouped song to death in order for an artist like Cardi B to break through. It's like, this these things can move from the bottom up and I feel like Cardi mm-hmm. is such an important inflection point and you see it manifest not just in the Doja Cats of the world not just in the Megan Thee Stallions of the world but you see it in Olivia Rodrigo I mean these are and in a Billie Eilish I mean you see this sort of A Billie Eilish it, it, the authenticity piece is fundamental. The fact that she makes mm-hmm. songs with her brother in her room is fundamental to the story. If Billie Eilish was making songs with Max Martin, it wouldn't be something that I think would appeal to the way that the contemporary pop universe works. And Cardi is such a linchpin in that story to me. And the fact that Brodak Yellow is her breakthrough is such an important sort of proving point for the industry that like, no, you don't need, we don't need to take these new artists and sort of like put them through the song machine. We actually need, in this day and age, unlike in the past, we actually need them to be themselves as much, even if it's manufactured in its own way, as much as they possibly can. I feel like Cardi Mm -hmm. was fundamental inflection point for that both in hip-hop and in broader pop music like generally speaking so bodak yellow turns cardi b into not just a niche social media star into a pop star superstar the talk of the moment everyone's talking about her my mom is talking about her i mean she is the biggest pop star of that moment let's talk about sort of what the like the the creation of invasion of privacy and like what she's trying to achieve on that album right yeah it's important to like even down to the title of the album invasion of privacy you know she's this very public figure uh on social media and she is very kind of like out there and the whole point of her existence as an artist is like this certain transparency but then to name her album like invasion of privacy kind of suggests that she's moving into this different space where she now has to adapt to a more public more pop space that's not just like oh i'm putting out instagram videos now i'm being like critiqued and kind of like seen on a different scale like as an artist and like for artistry yeah and being 
seen for your artistry is different than like mm. just being seen as a Instagram right. star. Right. For me, the biggest thing is like her putting her personality onto an album. It's such a new thing to even think about, I guess, like for an artist. You right, know, to have such an established personality before you yeah, ever make music. Right. Right, exactly. And so that's such a unique like position for her to be in. But I mean, I think for her, it's like it came naturally. And so we saw that kind of emerge on the record. There's specifically a song about like uh, cheating and she's just like, you know, like she's dropping these like one-liners. And I think that's the way that she's just stamping, like this is my personality. Maybe like this is my Instagram page in music how I kind of see the album and the fact that it just had hits on it. Like as soon as I heard I like it, mm. I was like, oh, this is like a song in summer. I, I was like, there's I no mean. way this is not gonna be a hit. I like sexes from my exes when they want a second chance. I like proving niggas wrong. I do what they say I can't. They call me Cardi, Cardi, banging body, spicy mommy, hot tamale, hotter than a saw, molly, fur, go, fuck, hop up the stool, jump in the coop. On top of the roof, fixing on bitches as hard as I can, eating halal, driving a lamb. So that bitch, I'm sorry though. Got my coins like Mario. Yeah, they call me Cardi B. I run this shit like Cardi. What's so funny is I think her sort of dismissal of old rules about realness and hip hop allowed her to make a song like I Like It, which again, it's unlike the Nicki pop songs because it doesn't feel out of step with anything. Like, like that's the thing about Cardi that I find sort of, which is her innovation or her sort of furthering what Nicki was doing, which is like, she's able to more fluidly sort of incorporate it all. Like, you still feel the same personality as Bodak Yellow, whereas like, the right. artist that you hear on Super Bass is so different from the artist that you hear on Did It On Them. Like, they, these are two very like sort of siphoned off sides of, mm-hmm. of her. Whereas like, Cardi, I feel like it's all feels more fluid and integrated. And that's a function of the way the pop landscape has changed but I also think it's a function of exactly what you're saying which is that the entire Cardi project like to this day is like how do we synthesize this artist who where music isn't the sort of fundamental functioning piece of this person's life like it's the per- it's the personality that comes first the authenticity that comes first and music is just sort of one avenue for us to sort of brand mm-hmm. extend that yeah i think like they're really selling her personality right. not like her as a rapper <laughs> so right. well i think that really shows on the album like yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think people listen to it and we're kind of like bars. <laughs> right. You know, she has bars on there. Even like, though she is incredibly impressive. I mean, I, Ghostwriter are like, not. impressive. Yeah, yeah. Like, Ghostwriter are not. Like, the girl can rap. Like, she is an yes. entertaining MC. She's got flows. She's got cadences. The way she speaks is so fun and entertaining. Like, the way that she just verbalizes. Like, she's able to mm-hmm. really deliver that. And that is a testament to, yeah. like, she is true talent as a musician it's not just like a side hustle like even though it is <laughs> but it's also yeah like, no totally yeah yeah and that's yeah not to kind of take anything away from no, no 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 artistry, no I didn't think you were like I just she... I just wanted to say that it was just it, it is yeah. it 
it's it, it I just remember listening to that and being like, this is so much better than I ever would have expected. And I loved Bodak Yellow. You know what I mean? And that was part of the appeal. Like I also was like, oh wow, this is like she's really like doing it. Like she's rapping, like from the first song mm-hmm. to like the ending. That first song is fucking impressive. And then we also get this other side of her, like on a song like Be Careful, where like we kind of get this yes. vulnerable sort of singing thing. <laughs> yeah, and that was important to showing that that soft side of her, I think, coming off of Bodak Yellow especially. You know, she is a teddy bear in some ways. Right. Even though she can be sharp on a song like Through My Phone, you know, on the other side of it, it's kind of like, all right, um, these are my shades. You know, these yeah. are the shades of, my, of me. Don't make me sick, nigga. I adore. I gave you everything was mine is yours. I want you to live your life, of course. But I hope you get what you dying for. Be careful with me. Do you know what you're doing? Whose feelings that you hurting and bruising? You gon' gain the whole world, but is it worth the girl that you lose and be careful with me? Yeah, and I think if the album had just been sort of like, I'm hilarious and here's my hilarious social media persona mm-hmm. in song form, that would have been fine. But I do think the reason that album is such a thrill and such an impressive sort of debut album for an artist is like, it was a fully fleshed out record that really introduced us to like a fully embodied person and also delivered the rap, also delivered the bars, also delivered the the personality. It was very impressive i have to say like i i i get a smile thinking about it because like she fucking delivered like she really did in a way that i don't think anybody was expecting and i guess that's also a critical narrative that we're pointing out here it's like there's almost something about her sort of like jovial sort of like i'm just being myself vibe that i think makes all of her success like kind of extremely fun and entertaining and like surprising almost in a way like you're kind of like oh my god like this little girl who like made funny vines is now like the biggest pop star in the world and she like kind of made it look easy and sort of like almost like she just backed herself into it even though we know that she worked so hard on it behind the scenes you know what i mean right there's an element of like certainly rooting for her the actual existence of the album and it being unexpectedly good really like is a turning point for women in hip-hop as a debut album there aren't that many debut albums in general you know but then in rap that end up hitting that that space of like oh this is going to be remembered and this is defining a moment the album not only defined her and like her success it defined a moment in music and like in rap overall of making a record out of social media and like a personality and then having this woman who could carve that space and do it successfully 
and make it be good <laughs> like yeah. on her first try like right. on your first album yeah that's impressive so invasion of privacy becomes very successful and kind of finally busts down a door that's been being knocked at for almost 30 years at this point and we've i feel like we're in the, the golden age of female rappers being like centerpieces of popular music like many of them yeah. at one time so how does the success of invasion of privacy if you had to get more specific like how do we see it in a megan how do we see it in a doja cat how do we see it in a city girls like how do we is there is there sort of like specific lines we can draw between like what cardi did and sort of like how these other women have sort of built on that yeah it's hard for me not to kind of see nikki and cardi in Together. a dual kind of um evolutionary right. space one thing i say in the book is that like nikki proved herself and kind of like opened this lane and cardi proved that there could be more than one woman on top at the same time you know when kim and foxy were doing it i would say that was one right or when like missy lauren like that period. Right. This is different. One, just more women. <laughs> I think what Cardi did was kind of allow for just more mistakes. She didn't come out like fully constructed. Like we were able to kind of like see her build and like, mm -hmm. and when you're able to kind of see that maybe gives you a little bit more confidence to like put something out and know that, okay, I can put this out and it doesn't have to be like fully formed. Mm. A lot of the artists, the women today are still, you know, we haven't gotten an album from them yet, like a sweetie, right. you know, Flo Even Millie. though she's been around for years. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like they're using this time to kind of just, all right, I can kind of just create my space and maybe make some mistakes and build instead right. of having Experiment. to come out like, perfectly i think cardi allowed for some imperfection basically. megan megan really did that too i mean there was like a whole yes, period of years where megan was releasing mixtapes uh you know that were popular in a niche way but you know before she sort of had her big crossover moment in the last year year and a half she was kind of taking that same approach even though she's a very different artist than cardi in that she's like a more traditionally sort of bars oriented like virtuosic rapper i think that that megan really followed that blueprint too i mean she was sort of tossing off stuff that was like less commercial i mean i know we were talking about sort of the breakdown between like what is and what isn't commercially viable as right. hip-hop but i do think megan obviously like took some time to find her footing in that way and also i think the other thing that we should touch on here is this cardi's presentation i mean there was a major glow up that happened after bodak yellow where like the production value i think almost like i mean i guess you could say nikki had that too but they're sort of like a uh, a glamorousness to, the, to Cardi's presentation and a sort of like top, 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 top notch production value to the performances and videos and visuals that I think has now also become something that like all the, the women are sort of like trading and like Megan really delivers that. Like when you think about that BET performance or you think about the body video or things like these are like, they're, I think the major difference is that while like, while Missy and Little Kim were crossover successes, Cardi, Nikki, Doja Cat, Megan Thee Stallion, they are pop stars. I mean, it's like they're rappers, but they are fully, 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 fully the center of pop. Like, they are pop stars more so than more traditional pop singers in many ways. Like, mm. you brought up Carly Rae Jepsen earlier. Carly Rae Jepsen is making the kind of music that traditionally would have been number one smashes. Cardi, uh, right. Carly Rae Jepsen is a niche artist. Megan the Stallion is a pop star. Cardi B is a mm. pop star in a 2021 context. And I think Cardi also fully delivered in that invasion of privacy era on like 
not not shifting the kind of music she was making to be a pop star, but like fully embodying sort of like the multi-dimensional, multi-format, visual glamour, glitz, that whole thing of pop stardom. She like brought that to full fruition. I'm saying Nikki did that too, but Cardi really, I think, crystallized that. And now you can see really see that operating with a Megan Thee Stallion, with a Doja Cat, you know what right. I mean? Right. I think Cardi had to be willing to embrace high fashion, like the fashion style element. Right. Like, you know, people wanted to dress her. Like she also had this like real pre-pandemic when people were like outside, like, like, you know, (laughs) had this whole run where like everything she wore was stunning. And, you know, she really kind of embraced that. Every video. Yeah, every video in the way that Nikki did and the way that Lil' Kim did kind of like Eve. That is part of like we talked about the pop explosion or stardom like being in that space also, like right. being willing to kind of take on that style element. Doja Cat also does that. Megan, mm-hmm. I would say not in a more kind of, she's more maybe in like the beauty realm. Um, but I mean, I heard, but, I'm talking more about like her music video, like Megan's yeah. music videos but are visually, like yeah. beautiful, her performances they're like like you know little right. kim still came out and i mean she did have dancers and stuff like that but there's an elevation to i feel like what these women are doing that's that and i think it is sort of part of them functioning as so central to pop music because even when little kim was able to cross over she still was like the fluke female rapper that like had a hit you know what i mean it was still a space that was mostly dominated by more traditional pop artists who sang you know what i mean like like little kim wasn't having britney level success cardi and megan are having like britney christina beyonce rihanna level success as but functioning as rappers you know what i mean that's a good point because of the performance as um kind of point people like megan and cardi being willing to embrace like choreo and like right just putting on a totally. show because right. now we expect that out of like a city girls and mm. sweetie like people want to now see women rappers like put on a show yes they want them to essentially like fill that pop space there's no shame anymore i guess like for a female rapper i feel like there's not this need to sort of prove yourself as like credible in the old hip-hop tropes which allows a freedom to sort of be a fully fleshed out pop star in a way i guess that's my point right Um, right yeah definitely yes so Cardi also does something sort of unexpected, which is that she gets pregnant and has a baby like at the peak of her success. Yeah. I mean, most pop stars don't really do that. And so it's been an interesting last, I feel like, few years post-Invasion of Privacy where she hasn't really like raced to follow that album up in the way that you might expect from someone who had a massively successful debut album. We've had, obviously, like the massive success of WAP, yeah. Um, she had another hit single last year or this year called Up. Once upon a time and I heard that that was ugly. Came from a bitch who nigga wanna fuck on So she's clearly still at the peak yeah. of her sort of imperial phase. She's still able, she's having these big hits. But it's interesting, like, what, what do you think is going on exactly right now in terms of her sort of like almost lack of focus on music in some ways? She's fitting into the, not just the pop space, but celebrity because she has this like tabloid relationship. Right. Like, you know, they had this drama and controversy they broke up got back together she, right you know like she had her child before then and now is having like a second one her and offset are together again and him being also in the pop space with migos right you know she now has this kind of world of celebrity in addition to like this world of music and social media and i think right. because of the celebrity she's able to maintain visibility in a way even as she's not putting out like a full like one-off yet. singles basically um, 
Yeah, and also right. the singles are like popping. It's like up, yes, I mean <laughs> all over TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Oh know, yeah, that Num- two two number one hits. I mean, she's. I mean, WAP right. was the song of 2020. I mean, like these. I'm not saying that she hasn't been releasing music, but I think what you're getting right. at is so important, but- which is that like as always, Cardi's celebrity is just so much bigger than music in a sense. Right. And she's able to kind of be a mom and like be pregnant a second time, probably because she has this space where she can still kind of be present. I right. mean, I just think about like if Lauren Hill after her first album and like people telling her not to have her kid because it would ruin her career and all that. Like if she had more of a space like a social media to kind right. of still be present, like how would things mm. maybe be different? Like would she have made a, a second studio album because she would have been like seen and active or whatever. So this is a different era. Cardi can have this visibility in a way that Lauren really couldn't and right. that helps her be able to maintain this musical relevance in addition to being on Twitter and like putting right. out um you know she's on this song with Normani Treat me like a watch, bust me down mm. on the kitchen floor, right on that towel. It's my dick, and I want it now. Ow. Cardi has really been very, very generous with her pop stardom. I mean, she made WAP with Megan. She like put that, and that gave Megan like a huge crossover moment that's like really affected Megan's career. She's got a very kind of like collaborative spirit, and I think all of these women do. There, yeah, there's there's right. less of a competitive energy. Like you've got Doja Cat and Sweetie making a song together. Like they're 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 uplifting each other in a way that I feel like is very different. Like you weren't getting Foxy and Little Kim on songs together. I mean, I guess you were getting Missy. Missy Missy had that generous spirit where she was putting the Brad on songs, putting Lil' Kim on songs. Like, they were collaborating. But for the most part, I feel like this is also an extremely sort of... It, 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 the 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 embrace and the final sort of breakthrough of, like, having multiple female rappers working at once has allowed for a very sort of, like, open, generous, collaborative spirit between them all. There's, like, a page in my book where I do, like, posse cuts, and there's really not that many. Like, we right. do not have that we many have songs. ladies' night. With even, like, <laughs> with even, like, two... With more than... Three, but even two like female rappers on the same track. So this is an unprecedented moment. And I do think that them be, being able to kind of like, and be, being willing to work with each other right. helps open the space up even more. Um, I also think that they know it's a big deal. Like it's sort of fan service, mm. you know, like they are kind of like, oh, we us be on a record together. Like that's like wild so like <laughs> like that's just part of the they know it's gonna like send people crazy because they have these fan bases which is a new thing so i think all these kind of new elements just you know create that yeah and what was so great about wap is that it delivered both as like a oh my god we want them to make a song together and it was also amazing like it was you right. know, it really it yeah, hit on both exactly. they, they, they delivered both sort of like the event and then the event also was like of high quality and exactly uh, and and was like a cultural moment i mean i think we can sort of like almost wrap this uh this this main segment of the conversation on wap because wap was such like mm-hmm. a like an ultimate expression of cardi's pop stardom it was just the event song of 2020 just by function of it being cardi b's new single and yeah. of being this collaboration with the biggest up-and-coming female rapper beneath her and also delivered so much as a completely fun song 
continues to sort of like be a, the purest expression of Cardi's like hilarious, funny, irreverent body personality. And also delivered a beautiful visual music video that again like welcomed in so many different funny art, like random people from popular culture from Normani to Rosalia to Kylie Jenner. I feel like that's a crowning achievement moment for Cardi's whole shush that we've been setting up the whole podcast in a way. Absolutely. And the yep. record just represents so much of what we've been talking about, you know, just with like women in rap and just kind of the solidarity and then also creativity and, you know, being able to like express sexuality there's this long road leading up to WAP right <laughs> and you know like that really was the moment that defines this era that we're in look I need a hard hit I need a deep stroke I need a handy drink I need a weed smoke not a garden snake I need a king cobra with a hook in it hopefully lead over he got some money then that's where I'm headed pussy a one just like his credit he got a beard well I'm trying to wet it I let him taste now he diabetic I don't want to spit I want to go I want to gag I want to joke I want you to touch that little dangly thing that's swinging the back of my throat my all right, so let's talk about the Pantheon. So you said to me that you have a thought about where Cardi belongs in the Pantheon. So let's hear it. Okay, so initially I had her in the Megastar tier. Um, and then, you know, I was looking at the criteria and mm-hmm. she, you know, obviously hasn't done like a reinvention. So it's kind of like found myself kind of like putting her in between that and the mere superstar B tier, which right. is, you know, of the moment right now. Right. But like, I feel like she's, in the Mirror Superstar 3B, right. but in a way a little bit more than that. And mm. so that's where I'm trying to, like, I'm kind of having the placement issue because yeah. I guess, like, based on the gears, I would slot her in there. But I think because her impact was so immediate and that we already know, like, her place is going to be an icon. Right. There are only certain a certain number of artists who are responsible for like shifts in music or like kind of they represent like define an era of music. So I think, you know, she will go through some reinvention. I just, because I like foresee her rising up this ranking, but yes, maybe currently she's in three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I would put her as a three rising in the sense that like- Yes, exactly. I'm with you because- it's really important what you're saying here because I think like sort of criteria wise, it, we can't quite put her out of three yet because we have one mm-hmm. album, you know, right, yeah. we're, we're still, you know, she's got a lot of hit. I mean, she's now got a fistful of hits, you know what I mean? She like, has the most hits yeah. for like a female rapper. Yeah, so she, it's I mean, kind she's, of got, like, she's got, she's got a, so, she's, she's got a solid, if you're counting features, she's got a solid 10 bona fide hit records at this point. So that's a pretty big feat, especially in like a really short period of time. Like she's had, if Bodak Yellow was, what did we say? 2017 in four years, the woman has like, Mm -hmm. you know, she's got like a, a collection of hit records. So that's really impressive. And I totally agree with you in the sense that like, she is an inflection point in pop history that like, we will talk about for a long, long, long time for numerous reasons that I think we've already like illuminated pretty clearly in this discussion as a celebrity, as somebody who's sort of like this, the the transition to sort of like this uber authenticity in pop stardom, as somebody who sort of is using pop stardom or rap stardom or whatever you want to call it. It's just a brand extension of like a greater personality. Like I see Cardi hosting a talk show. I see Cardi being a movie star. I see Cardi, I think she could do a million different things, running for office. 
this. I don't know. I mean, she's very politically active, as we know. She was a major Bernie Sanders supporter. And she's just incredibly iconic. Like, there's just... The, the, the personality being so front and center, like, almost makes her more iconic than many pop stars that, like, have longer runs or bigger a bigger arsenal of hits or whatever. Because she's just utterly memorable as a celebrity like there's just mm-hmm. there's something about her celebrity presence that's like so a plus 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 list but also redefining what a plus list means because she's not like angelina jolie again these sort of like old school celebrities that are sort of like living out a remove from you she's also defined like yeah i'm gonna be an a-list celebrity and i'm also gonna be like clapping back at my at my commenters on instagram like that's another sort of revolution that cardi's part of in a way so yeah i'm with you i i think three heavy rising that would be where i would i i would like that yes yeah right rising yes Yes. that like gives it some heft yes she's got (laughs) the heft i think i think if she puts out as i think is Pre, I think if we, if we return to this conversation in two years and she's put out a hugely successful sophomore album, as I'm sure she's going to, and also she's like in movies and I know she's making a movie right now, I think at that point we're probably going to be able to sort of like push her up into that second tier. So right. last question for you. What is your sort of favorite underrated Cardi song that we can send this podcast out on? I don't know if this is underrated, but I did think that her SZA collaboration, mm. like on Invasion of Privacy, like that's one of my favorite tracks, maybe the fa- my favorite track on that album. Agreed. And I kind of thought it would be like more of a single. And mm. SZA has her own, like just she's so special mm-hmm. with her kind of like tone and just delivery. So I would Agreed. say that song. I, 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 my, also my favorite song on Invasion of Privacy Love yeah. that song. All right, so let's go out on I Do, Cardi B featuring SZA, Clover, Hope. Thank you so, so, so much for being on Pop Pantheon. You were as magnificent as I ever could have imagined you would be, and I hope you'll come back and do it again sometime. Thank you. I will. I had a blast, so thank you. I left a nigga on red because I felt like it. Just me down in the rest in the wrong jacket. Dapper, I look fine and my checks to fine. No wonder, wonder why I do whatever I like I do. All right, y'all, that's a wrap on Pop Pantheon, Cardi B. The judgment has been rendered, and Clover and I have placed Cardi B in Tier 3 with a heavy rising sign. Obviously, Cardi B, as we've illustrated in this podcast, has been an utterly influential inflection point in both pop and rap history. So I think we both have high hopes for her increased ranking in this pantheon. But we'll certainly check back on that when the time comes. Thank you again so much to Clover Hope for coming on. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please pick up her book, The Motherload. Please give this podcast five stars and leave me a rating to help the podcast rise in the rankings. Follow Pop Pantheon Pod on Instagram. Follow me, DJ L-O-U-I-E-X-I-V, on both Twitter and Instagram. And you know what? I'm going to see you guys back here again in two weeks. Wow. All right, bye. My little 15 minutes, less than long as hell. Left a nigga on red, cause I felt like it. Just me down in the rest in the wrong jacket. Dapper, dapper, I look fine and my checks to fine. No wonder, wonder why I do whatever I like I do. What I like I do, I do